Hey everybody, this is Sensei Anthony Thomas coming at you again, letting you know that coming up very soon, I'll be introducing a series that I call Challenging the Masters. Now, I'm a dyed-in-the-wool martial arts purist, at least I believe I am, and I really prefer to spend most of my time focusing on the traditional martial arts more so than MMA. I'll talk about that also, but this next series called Challenging the Masters is going to be all about the things that we've traditionally done in the martial arts world, in the traditional martial arts world, are those things still relevant? Are they still practical? Or are there any portions of these practices that we need to change or adapt or update to address today's reality? I know a lot of people don't like to do that because the way they do things is the way their sensei, sifu, teacher, guru, that's the way they've always done it. So that's the only way it can be done. Not true, my friends. The martial artists of the time were using the most contemporary methods available to them at the time. So to say that the way that we do it is the only way it's been done, no. The way that we do it is largely a mirror to what the contemporary methods required. So keep your eyes peeled, keep your ears open, because I'm going to have about eight different topics under the Challenging the Masters banner. Stay tuned. Love you all. And share this with your friends because we're going to get deep, folks. Have a good one. Hey, this is Anthony Thomas, and I'm here to serve you. I'm a lifelong martial artist. Started my martial arts career in 1979. I'm currently a fifth-degree black belt in our family's unique expression of karate that we call the way of simplicity. Um, I'm here so that I can discuss with you or answer any questions I can about martial arts, martial arts training, martial arts philosophy, whatever it is you want to discuss, where martial arts has been, where it is currently, where I think it may be going, anything that we can discuss as it pertains to martial arts, I'm totally willing to discuss that with you and give as much information as I can. Um, if you want to check me out on my website, you can check out martialartsoakland.com as I'm currently based in the Bay Area, but anywhere, anytime, I'm here for you guys, so Go ahead and give me the questions, and I'll answer them for you. Have a great day. Hey, everybody. This is Anthony coming to you late this evening, 10 p.m. on a Philosophical Friday. And I just wanted to throw this little bit of wisdom at you. It's from an old proverb where a martial arts teacher and a student were walking along a path. And the martial arts teacher was extolling the virtue of peace. The student said, Sensei, we always speak of peace, but we train to fight. How can those two things exist together? And the Sensei says, it is better to be a warrior in the garden than a gardener in a war. As martial artists, peace is always our preferred state of being. But in the situations that require violence, we're prepared for that as well. So, again, better to be a warrior in the garden than a gardener in a war. You guys have a nice evening, be safe, and have a great weekend. Hey everybody, this is Sensei Anthony Thomas tackling one of the most consistent and persistent of all martial arts traditions, and that's wearing a gi. For those of you who don't know, the gi is that heavy cotton uniform that you've probably seen in the movies that you tie your belt around. 
If I was a betting man, I'd say that if you have started martial arts, right about the time you decided to enroll, you ask yourself if you had to buy your own gi or if they were included in the enrollment. But now that I've rattled your mental Rolodex a little bit, do me a favor. Ask yourself, why the heck do we wear those things anyway? Let's see, did your teacher say something like, that's the way the ancient masters always practiced? Sound familiar? Let's take a look. Now, as someone who's thought long and hard about this, you probably haven't thought a whole lot about it in the same way. What I'm saying is, this is basically just a heavier cotton version of the kimono. Kimonos were the Japanese traditional garb at the time. They were lightweight, fragile, and they'd fall apart every single practice if you tried to work out in one. So, martial artists basically created the gi out of a heavy version of what they already wore. Voila! The gi is born. Now for the really smart ones out there, I'm pretty sure you've thought about the other main reason for using the gi, and that reason is uniformity. Doesn't matter if you're a CEO, housewife, or a shameless slacker like me, in a gi, we're all equals. So when you look at your gi, don't think about how it makes your butt look, or how cool it makes you look. Think of it like a worker's uniform, a tool, like a wetsuit or scuba gear. Just a tool, nothing special, nothing great. Check me out on martialartsoakland.com. You can check me out on YouTube, Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter. And you folks have a fantastic day. Bye. Hey everybody, this is Sensei Anthony Thomas coming to you with another version of the Kempo Chronicles. Take a deep breath. Not because I'm a rocket world so much, but you know, you just should. So today we're going to talk about why we use makiwaras. And for those of you going, maki what? Basically a makiwara is a flat piece of wood with rope tied all the way around the top foot or so. And then you stick this post into the ground and punch away. Kind of like the medieval version of a heavy bag. Now, before you start blasting that tradition, or before I start, let me say that once these things were very useful, once upon a time. See, karate was practiced and developed by Okinawan peasants as defense against armed and armored samurai. So, the idea was condition their fists so they could punch hard enough to damage someone who was wearing armor. The concept of Iken Itsatsu one punch, one kill. That was more mindset than actual reality, but you get the idea, right? It may be the only punch you get in, so make it count. So this is where the makiwara were great. People would develop these huge calluses on their knuckles, and in their mind, they'd be able to punch through the armor of a samurai. So, you know, they toughened up their hands to do this. And believe me, they could do a lot of damage in one punch. If you don't believe me, feel free to look up Japan's greatest karateka, a man named Masoyama. He founded a whole style of karate based on the idea of this kind of hardcore training. But I digress. Makiwara were once very useful, but in those days they also lacked what I call, I don't know, a heavy bag. And I don't think that martial artists necessarily punch any softer for lack of a makiwara. I don't think Mike Tyson's ever punched one, but you sure as heck wouldn't let him punch you. So keep that in mind. It's one of those kind of things that we did before, but don't need to do anymore. Have a great day.